Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Serial fan. Upside, inside, ouch. We live in the Vidal Loco this week. So we give you a whistle-stop tour through last weekend's action... Copa Italia and Arturo Vidal's shocking miss. All that plus previews of the Rome derby, the Derby d'Italia and all the latest transfer talk. This week's episode of Scudetto. Hello and welcome to Scudetto. We are back with another mini episode this week. Um, there's been a whole round of games since we last recorded plus half a round of Copa Italia. And there's some absolutely massive games coming up this weekend that we're going to focus on. Uh, so no chance of getting through everything. Sorry about that. On the bright side, I am joined once again by Kenny and Baz. Baz, I'm going to come to you first for a change. How are you getting on? I'm doing very well. Winter is in the air here, so strange to see some rain. I think you said it was 25 degrees yesterday, right? Yeah, now we're going through four, four or five days of uh, rain. So, you know... I'm going to say get out of here again. Yeah, I mean, it's minus 21 here, and we've just had 50 centimetres of snow. It's actually been quite fun. We just bought a sledge. Um, <laughs> our, our lives are so radically different. You're, you're buying a sledge, and I'm running on a beach. <laughs> and Kenny, you're in the middle in a dreary lockdown. Keeping your spirits up? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is pretty dreary. It's uh, It's been raining quite a lot. We had snow last week, but we don't... We don't even really have that at the moment, just uh, lots of grey, but we've been told to stay in the house anyway, so perfect weather for that. Um, and understandably, you've uh, finished your dry January attempt, uh, so do you want to tell us about the beer that you've got there? I, th- I think unfair. I think unfair. I uh, I said last week, just a couple of weeks off. <laughs> Why well, is on record? Uh, this is <laughs> uh, I've got a beer, yeah, and there's not much you can do about it because you're in Finland. Um, so I've got uh, it's a it's another Leith uh, brewery. It's a brewery called New Barns Brewery, uh, and this is uh, their pale ale. It's just called pale ale. I can't pronounce one of the words on it. Citra and equinot. Equinot, or like equinox, but with a two. Yeah, and with a K instead of a Q. Uh, Buzz, I forgot to ask you about your beer. What have you got? I've got a company called uh, Good Stuff Brewing. And the uh, beer itself is called Education, so I'm looking forward to taking it in and um, seeing what I can learn from it. I was about to say good stuff. <laughs> Fantastic news. <laughs> this beer's quite nice. <laughs> Just bring out all our cliches. Uh, right, so yeah, as I said, we're going to focus on the two big games this weekend, starting off with Lazio, Roma, and then uh, which is tomorrow night, and then into Juve, which is Sunday evening. So starting off with Lazio Roma, um, Boaz, the two clubs have been kind of smack talking each other in the press this week a little bit uh, ahead of this game, haven't they? This is always a very tasty game, but uh, it feels to me like this one in particular has been getting 
quite vocal from uh, fans and celebrity fans and ex-players of both teams. Um, a few tasty zingers in there. Yeah, and um, we we gave Roma an honourable last week, uh, just saying that they'd, they'd been in a good bit of form. Um, and the, the fo- good forms kind of continued. That they had a big game against Inter last weekend, which we should probably discuss. Kenny, do you, you want to run with that one? What did you make of it? It was it was a great game. Um, I think we've come come to expect uh, Inter to be a bit Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, normally, it's probably like one half of one and one half of the other. But this time, uh, uh, Roma started uh, started very well. Inter then took complete control of the game, uh, and then once they once they went in front, decided to take off a striker and sit back and try and defend the lead when they quite clearly should have been pressing for the third. And they, there was just an avalanche of Roma pressure. I was chatting to you. We talked quite a lot about our WhatsApp uh, conversations, chatting to you guys about this game as it was going on. And as the two Inter goals went in. I think I just texted, well, that was coming. And then the next one went in and I said, well, that was coming. And then Roma equalized. I said, that one was coming too. And it was because Inter, just as soon as they got in front, just seemed to, they didn't even really try and close up shop. I mean, they didn't even do that effectively. It's not like they reduced Roma to efforts from distance and made it difficult to play their way through. And uh, yeah, for for the neutral, a really, really entertaining game to, to probably the fair, the sort of fair result at the end of it. I don't understand why um, Inter didn't cash in on Perisic in the summer and possibly the pandemic had something to do with it. But right now, he really doesn't fit into Conte's tactics at all. He was thrown in in place of Lautaro and realistically, he's not a striker. He's kind of a winger and Conte just doesn't play that position. And so you have a player on the pitch who is not playing to his strength. And uh, generally speaking... um, as Kenny said, Inter showed a good period of 25 minutes, uh, half an hour of real dominance. They showed the, the kind of football that will win you leagues. But um, as soon as these these uh, subs were made by Conte, they started backing up and uh, the, the draw was felt almost inevitable. And the, the, the people who are most happy about this draw are probably the team on top of the table. Yeah, I was going to say a draw sort of suits no one. Um, so Milan today, three points ahead at the top, uh, followed by uh, Inter and then Roma, who are three points behind them. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk maybe a little bit more about Inter when we discuss their game against Juve uh, in a little bit. But just to do the other side of it, um, Boaz, who was it that, that was in the press saying that Roma are better against big teams and so they don't have to worry about this one? This was a former Roma striker, Ruggero Riccitelli, who... Um who basically had a massive diss to of Lazio. And uh, Lazio themselves have been celebrating their 121st anniversary this week, and they've made sure that Roma realized that uh, Lazio have actually lifted some trophies in the past few years. In fact, some of the so- social media banter that I kind of tickled me was that um, a former Roma player Florenzi won his first cup in his career with PSG this week, and uh, the Lazio fans were uh, trolling him by saying, it must be nice to win a trophy once in a while. <laughs> yeah, on the topic of the anniversary, uh, I was just reading that uh, the president and Immobile went to meet the Pope. Uh, so maybe they've had some kind of divine blessing for this game, which maybe they're going to need. Um, it's, but th- then again, they're, they're also not in the worst form um, c- coming into this off the back of two wins, uh, Kenny. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. I was going to say Lazio started the season absolutely appallingly. And probably part of the narrative going into this match is that Lazio have been playing catch up 
and they have been on some good form. They've stuttered a little bit um, recently, dropped dropped a few points, um, but I, I think it's going to be a really really interesting game, uh, and it could. I mean, it could again play play into Milan's hands as uh, as the game last weekend did. Yeah. Anyway, really looking forward to that tomorrow night. Um, I'm just going to do an early honourable mention actually because I've got one for Gonzalo Villar, who's uh, been really impressing in Roma's midfield. Mentioned Mkhitaryan last week, who's kind of playing alongside, and um, yeah, keep an eye out for him. He's probably going to miss an open goal and get sent <laughs> off now, but hopefully not. Um, right. Uh, let's move on to the next game, Inter Juve on Sunday. Um, we were just talking about Inter. Uh, so maybe from the Juve perspective, uh, this is really a must-win now. I mean, obviously it's still early-ish in the season, but Juve have fallen behind, haven't they, Kenny? Yeah, well, uh, Chiellini actually was in the press earlier this week saying that it's an important game, but it's not a, a must-win. I, I I don't really know what his motivation is for that. It's not really a, a rallying cry. Um, but to be honest, they've got, again, uh, coming back to this game that they've got to, to catch up with uh, against Napoli, which they're, they're not necessarily, you know, guaranteed to take three points from. Uh, it, they could well find themselves 10 points adrift uh, this weekend if they don't. Uh, win this game and that's a, a long way back halfway into the season so there is a lot of football to be played which I think is one of the things that Chiellini was getting at but I find I, I think everyone expected Juve to uh, sort of come good and they have shown signs of that uh, as we've discussed just this ongoing narrative of the season being so unpredictable. If Juve lose this, then all of a sudden we're no longer talking about Juve being in great form. We're talking about crisis at Juve again. And it's just this roller coaster theme throughout the season that we've seen with the Inter, we've seen with um, Juve. And uh, there were signs that maybe it would happen to, to Milan with their lead slipping, but they're, they're still on top. I think Juve really need to take something from this game. And touching upon what uh, Kenny just spoke about, there is also Juve are in the midst of a small injury crisis, kind of the theme of this season. And so there is a few key players missing and that could uh, really impact the game. And the flip side, Inter are a team who have only kept a clean sheet in three games this whole season and have conceded two or more goals on 11 occasions already this season. So, I mean, at the very least, this game promises goals. Yeah, and I think you would want Delete to be on the pitch uh, to to help sort of stem Lukaku's form, but uh, he's not going to be there. He's one of the players missing. He's tested. He tested positive for COVID nineteen, obviously, uh, after the weekend. So yeah, it's uh, it looks like an uphill task to me for for Juve. And I'm kind of touching on a point that I made last week, but um, Cristiano Ronaldo was again a little bit invisible in the game on the weekend. Um, he did get a goal in the 90th minute or so, but this is uh, three or four consecutive performances where he's not seen. There is an argument to be said that maybe defenses are marking him a little bit extra, which opens up space for the likes of Kulusevski and Chiesa. But at the same time, um, he's he's such a star and you you really expect him to have more of an impact on the game. Having said that, he is now the only player to have scored uh, 15 goals or more in 15 seasons consecutively. So that shows what I know. Yeah, we don't even need other people on this podcast, Spurs. You can just argue with yourself. <laughs> Welcome to the, what it's uh, like thanks, inside my thanks mind. For, 
giving us a balanced picture there. Um, but yeah, just as you were mentioning, the kind of injury crisis uh, inter worth mentioning as we move on to the Coppa Italia roundup that both uh, Milan and Inter had to go to extra time and Milan to penalties to qualify. Um, so that's just extra minutes and um, extra extra strain on the squads there. And slightly selfishly, I would say that perhaps losing to Torino in the Coppa Italia, having just beaten them in the league, wouldn't have been such a bad thing the way, the way this season is going and with Milan still in Europe. But um, there's a Euro der- derby coming up next as a result. Yeah, Milan decided to take advantage of the opportunity from the penalty spot at the end there. Yeah, the the haters will be will be really on our back, on Milan's back, with uh, five penalties given this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Inter did manage to overcome Fiorentina in extra time um, to qualify. Napoli beat Empoli 3-2. Juve went through against Genoa 3-2 as well. Sassuolo, I think the only team in the top eight to be eliminated by Spal. Went to give them an honourable actually, didn't you, Kenny? Sorry, I've stolen your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to give Spal an, an honourable for that. Um, and we're in this, we're in the situation where uh, I, I haven't actually checked that the Atalanta game's ongoing as we free um, one up. Board. right? Okay, so we're still in the situation where we could have uh, all seven Italian participants in Europe in the quarterfinals of the Coppa Italia, um, depending on how Roma and Lazio get on next week. Uh, and Sassuolo would have been the only other side in the top eight um, that aren't in Europe. They would have been in the, the quarterfinals as well. But Spal, who obviously got relegated last season, managed to stop them. So big honourable to, to them. Uh, it does have to be pointed out that Sassuolo had uh, a man sent off, uh, Juricic sent off. So, yeah numerical advantage at play as well there uh, but yeah I'm happy to see Spal doing well in general really yeah and um, the last two fixtures are Roma uh, who are they playing Roma playing Spezia and Lazio playing Parma but they've been moved to next week because of the um, Rome derby tomorrow night so just before we go on to the honourable mentions let's just do a quick uh, quick round up of the transfer gossip uh, so confirmed transfers Geno have signed Strootman on loan from Marseille until the end of the season uh, and Sassuolo have told Man City and Juve where to go um, <laughs> over their interest in Locatelli. Looks like he's going to be staying, at least for this window. Let me jump in here. And um, I mean, Kenny just spoke about Sassuolo losing in the cup, which probably is almost worthy of dishonorable mention. But I want to give them a quick honorable mention for um, the way they played with 10 men against Juventus. Uh, there was large parts of the match where they dominated possession and their passing was incredible. And if they had a decent defensive pairing, they probably would have won that game despite being down to 10 men. So um, Sassuolo are a brilliant side to watch and another honourable to them. And the last confirmed transfer, Milan have signed Maita from Torino. Um, But one particularly interesting rumour that we wanted to to discuss on the topic of Milan actually is uh, that they seem to be interested in Mario Mandzukic. That's being reported. We were just saying off air they want kind of another old man to uh, back up Zlatan when he's out. Uh, what, what do you think of it? Uh, are you impressed with the prospect of Mandzukic? It's a bit of a weird one, um, but I mean, I guess it it makes sense if he's the backup to um, uh, Zlatan. I, I, that changing room is not going to be very fun with those two hard men in it. <laughs> Quite scary if you're a young guy. Yeah, but I mean, uh, the thing that I would find... Uh, 
interesting to see is Mandzukic hasn't played any football for, for so long. I think I was reading today, it's 11 months since he last played a competitive game. I'm, I might be misremembering that, but yeah, either way, it'll be, you know, what there will be a lot of due diligence required to make sure that he's still in the, the right sort of shape. But I think Milan have got one thing that has developed under the the Gazidis uh, era, really, has just been how shrewd they've been in the transfer market. And I think if this comes off, and if they get the Mario Mandzukic, who so many European football fans are familiar with, it could be an absolute masterstroke. Uh, but I guess, first of all, we'll have to wait and see if the deal actually goes ahead. Uh, but second of all, if it does, just have to wait and see what, what form he's in. I mean, regardless of this transfer, I think in the next um, two or three transfer windows, a uh, top striker is a priority for Milan because um, as much as we all love Zlatan, they won't be able to rely on him when he's in 41, 42. And uh, they need to fill that gap as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, I think that is all the transfer talk that we've got time for. Maybe we can um, round up anything we've missed in the honourables. Uh, Baz, on that note, do you want to kick us off? So this is, a, I guess, an honourable mention to Vlaovic of Fiorentina, whose uh, coach Prandelli said that he's as good as Adriano was when Prandelli was manager of uh, Parma. That feels a little bit much to me, but Vlaovic is doing some good things this season, and after a start where Fiorentina couldn't find the goal anywhere, he's starting to maybe provide that. And with Patrick Cutrone going back to Wolverhampton, there is a lot more responsibility on his shoulder. And it's a good it's a good opportunity to also mention that Fiorentina will be playing Napoli this week and in a in a midweek that has um, the Rome derby and Juve Inter uh, Inter Juve. Sorry, that's a pretty big game too. So I'm I'm kind of pissed off with the match day computer. Kenny, you've got an honourable for that game, haven't you? An honourable for Cajon, actually. We, um, Boaz has just mentioned that it's a, a game against Napoli and it will be Cajon's first game back in Naples uh, since leaving the club. Uh, and obviously he's had a bit of trouble uh, through, for various reasons uh, adjusting to, to life in Florence. But by all accounts, uh, Prandelli was very happy uh, with his assist at the, at the weekend. And it will be very, very interesting. It's a nice narrative to have in that story. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Boaz, I don't know what this one is. Um, There's an honourable for you here, down there. Former, um, they all played for AC Milan at some point, but uh, Ambrosini, Vieri and Odo were paparazzi uh, walking their strollers in Milan this week. And um, Ambrosini commented that, um, look at us, we used to chase after a ball and now we're running after a pram. So I thought that was kind of cool. And Kenny is also living the Vidal loca. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm just giving a dishonorable mention to Vidal for that absolutely atrocious effort against Roma. Um, we see quite a lot of you see quite a lot of miscues even at the highest level in sport. But Vidal had about a week to to prepare to to get a shot off, uh, <laughs> and somehow still managed to completely miscue it. Uh, yeah, check it out on YouTube if you haven't seen it because that was uh, there was a program in Italy called My Diragal. I'm not sure if it still happens. I imagine it's still on, but that I absolutely guarantee you that 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 clip will be in that will have been in that show this week. Does that count for um, the Gagliardini challenge? I don't think it quite does because the goalkeeper's there and there's 
defend there's bodies between him and the goal it's a terrible miss perhaps but. we need to invent a, a vidal <laughs> miss challenge or something but we'll think about that yeah that's a good point um yeah, we need to come up with something for next week uh buzz you want to finish us off on that another dishonorable just to balance things up it's quite apt we started the podcast speaking about uh roma and lazio but uh lazio who seemed to be quite prone to dishonorables on this pod but uh Essentially, the story that was broken by the Guardian uh, this week was that they they purchased uh, Pedro Neto as well as another player from uh, Sporting Lisbon, and uh, accidentally they transferred eleven million euros to Sporting Braga. So now there is a big uh, bureaucratical issue with how to get the money to the right club, and I think Braga are not really happy to unleash the money again. So good times. I mean, that's why we're called Scudetto, isn't it? Just to get the TV payments. <laughs> uh, I can gar- I can uh, confirm, by the way, that my dear girl has not been on Italian TV for 19 years. So that gives you a bit of an inclination as to how long ago I lived there. But yeah, a, a lot of our listeners, uh, if they were in Italy, will be familiar with the show. I'm sure. If you don't know it, you should YouTube it because the highlights are incredible. It's the, even to this day, it's it's really funny stuff. Um, all right. Well, on that note, we will leave you. Um, if you don't already, please do subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your audio. Uh, we'll speak to you next week. Until then, enjoy the football. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 